0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the AI Live podcast. Here we'll be talking all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, neurotoxins, techniques, and interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to AI Live you guys, we have fun here. Um, And we we have some stuff to go over with you before we start, but we have a really good topic for tonight that that we're gonna kind of discuss and look at pigmentary disorders and things, um, and talk about pigmentation issues and and what we need to know about that. So tonight's topic is myths about pre and post treatment care. Mm. Now, we do have a lot of myths around some of the things that we do. <laughs> we we do, do, we do. So we want to kind of discuss this a little bit, and feel free to, to type in the, your uh, in the comment box, kind of if you have any comments about this stuff but it's it's been interesting we hear a lot of um, m- myths about this and oh, yeah. hopefully we can dispel some of these today
1: all right so we're gonna jump into this uh myths versus facts debunking misconceptions maybe some protocols patient safeties and how to maybe optimize your treatment outcomes with your patients you know everything is about Talking to your patients, setting the right expectations, because when you set the right expectations for your patients, you lead to a lot less issues with the patient. They expect it, and if it comes out better than they expect, you are the golden person to do everything for them in the future. So first one is neurotoxins. <laughs> I think this one is the one that is the most uh, misconceived, Mm -hmm. um, with regards to neurotoxins. I think I hear so much stuff about neurotoxins and after this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Um, and what do you say about all of that, Lori? (laughs) It drives me
0: crazy. And I think we, number one, we have to know the research, know your research, know the facts. Number two, use your common sense and critical thinking. So, Say you work out before you get injected. Can it ruin your results? Well, I don't think anybody's going to walk into my clinic still sweaty, beat red faced after they worked out. They might have worked out a couple hours before. I know. I usually don't get people. They, a lot of people come in in their workout outfits, but not, not all with their blood pressure high and their face all sweaty. So,
1: and even if they did
0: working out before, no, no it's not going to do anything. It it won't. That's a myth because you're not going to be have vasodilated vessels in this big pink face and you're not going to have that where you have the potential for more extravasation of the of the neuromodulator to be just kind of carried away in, um mm-hmm. in the vessel so i am not that's baloney
1: drinking yeah. acidic juice i don't think that yeah. has to do with that
0: drinking acidic juice like orange juice will help break down lidocaine we don't use lidocaine in neuromodulators
1: mm, i don't know why we put that there. <laughs> so i
0: so i don't know that's that's a myth um, there's so many myths out there
1: But laying down after treatment, I hear this time and time and time again. Hopefully you guys are not telling your patients that they cannot lay down. They can't work out any of those things after neurotoxins. If you are, you're you're compounding on the myth and you're getting the word out that is completely inaccurate. There is no research to show that there's any issues from even, I mean, laying down after Mm -hmm. getting neurotoxins, why doesn't make any sense when you when you're actually up, you actually have gravity that could potentially move it when you're laying down, it should be just stable. But that's not really the reason why you guys really if you don't know that, make sure you go and understand why that is the neurotoxins after laying down is a complete myth
0: yeah it's not going to be a, that's that's probably one of those wives tales or one of those false statements that somebody made up on podium years ago okay. and then everybody just went with it and we know laying down makes no difference in the effect same with um not working not working out working uh, i out? tell my patients wait i just you tell my patients d- to wait two hours what no. do you tell them anything i tell them two hours
1: i go work out after i get my toxin i done. know you do I know and you i've do. been doing it for 20 years um but just so no that is a complete myth as well <laughs> so what
0: what we don't want to happen is we don't want vasodilatation and extravasation of the neuromodulator we don't want to go places we don't want it right so you don't want to cause a lot of
1: extra what is vasodilation going to do even it's intramuscular
0: right but i think what they're thinking is before it gets caught up in the in the motor end plate I don't know, I don't know what, but anyway, here's here's what I tell my patients, two hours. Why do I say two hours? Because it takes ninety minutes for the neuromodulator to be irreversibly bound in that nerve ending in the motor end plate. It can't go anywhere. So I, I just say, okay, let it get soaked in, let it get stuck in there, and then go do whatever you want. So you tell them no. to work out when you know immediately afterwards. I I know, him,
1: whatever. I tell them you can do whatever the hell you want. Just <laughs> don't touch my toxin areas, don't push it to You're somewhere. Right? I don't want it to go because if you do that's on you that you get a toasties or something like that or a droopy brow because you pushed it somewhere. It didn't want to go. So if they come in wearing a hat, I tell them don't wear that hat leaving because I don't want you pushing on it until the neurotoxin all binds into your muscle. That's all I care about. Right. Period.
0: Lynn is asking a question about icing and they're saying icing reduces uptake. Now, if you think about icing an area, it's going to cause vasoconstriction right? So everybody's like, oh yeah, they'll bleed less if you ice it. But there is always a rebound vasodilatation. Mm-hmm. So be careful about that. That's why I don't ice. It's because there's a mm-hmm. bigger risk for a bigger bruise with the with the rebounding vasodilatation that occurs. Yeah, so just kind of think about that's that.
1: That's another myth. Yeah. Va- uh, va- icing constricts it right at that time homeostasis by the body will cause a vasodilatation, mm-hmm. which caused the blood vessel to get bigger. So if you're going to ice your patients, don't give it to them five, ten minutes before you walk in the room. You should be giving, you should be icing them right before you inject them. Because not let a So it di- does not dilatate. Yep. Um, what does Lori say? The I would think line. it's more related to if they are laying down immediately after. Nope.
0: I don't know it's it's false anyway it's, a it's myth. all false. they can lay it's down all myth yeah um
1: yeah. effectiveness though not risk of bruising how does that doesn't have anything to do with science and maybe comfort. effectiveness yeah, of maybe comfort. your treatment in my I, I scientifically does not make any sense yeah um yeah as far as icing um icing doesn't do anything as far as that's con. Uh, as far as my consideration, I mean, effectiveness, the only thing you could think of if you're really down the road of vasodilatation vasodilata- is icing will create more vasodilation later on. So maybe it draws out more of the toxin of the area. but Or causes more interstitial
0: it. wash away or I don't know.
1: But crazy I about. would say no. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. I've done it all through the years. Yeah. Ice them a lot before. I get, tell them to ice afterwards and things like that. I don't see any 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 um, effect on effectiveness with regards to that. Moving the areas of treatment repetitively for four hours. Okay,
0: this there's more research on this, which, yes, it does show that it does help it to become more effective more quickly, which is interesting because we've never really told people to move. Well, I mean, the, if
1: you think of it, the science does prove a little bit of that. So yes, up to a certain point, because mm-hmm. if you have toxin hanging around the motor MP and you're utilizing it and you're you're moving the muscle, you're sh- shooting acetylcholine out, which means you're going to have to absorb more because of the actual right. um, uh, of the actual mechanisms that are going on to make your muscles move. So there could be a potential of more absorption of toxin into a faster rate right, in that aspect of it. Um, Lisa what about laying down on your face for like a massage well is that going to push on your on the neurotoxin areas if it is then do not do it then
0: wait a couple hours
1: wait about two <laughs> hours to three hours yeah. because you want all the neurotoxin to absorb into the motor and before you do anything after that I tell them you can do anything you want after that but for the first two to three hours it is something where you just don't want to massage or push on those areas so you don't move it to somewhere else. Yeah,
0: they can do facial motor movements, that's fine. Just facial muscle movements. It might right. help a kick in a little sooner too. Cool, all right. All right, so pre and post treatment care with neurotoxins. Avoid um, alcohol, aspirin, ibuprofen, supplements for about a week before or after treatment, um, which helps minimize bruising or bleeding. Now, patients are gonna b- bleed and bruise, For one reason only, if we put the needle in the vein, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna make it leak. So if we have a prolonged clotting time prior to us poking a hole in their vein or artery, then that is cause going to cause a greater amount of leakage before the body clots it off. So the reason you don't want them to take the aspirin if it's if it's not prescribed. Aspirin blood thinners, you know, if they're not prescribed, but like alcohol for about five days. Um, Motrin for five days, z- some of the supplements, the, the um, oh gosh, vit- vitamin E, fish oils, things like that that happen to kind of m- thin down the blood a little bit. That will help to um, reduce maybe the size of a, of a bruise they might get as opposed to uh, letting it have a slower yeah. clotting time. And then limiting caffeine. You, I, I've, I see this everywhere. Why in the world would caffeine have anything to do I I took this off of my consents, actually, because it was stupid. High sodium, high sugar, stupid cigarettes, 24 to 48 hours before. Cigarettes cause vasoconstriction, so I'm not sure why that would have anything to do with bruising or anything. Arnica, one to two weeks before. Now, keep in mind, arnica helps with swelling, not so much with bruising. It's bromelain from... Pineapples that really help to pull the bruising away and then elastin has a product called enhance that really helps take the blood out of the tissue But bromelain is more for swelling and people say they they I mean, I'm sorry um, Arnica, arnica is, is more for, for swelling, swelling. Mm-hmm. Um, But one to two weeks people always tell <laughs> they come in they're like I took my arnica. I'm like yeah, whatever great. Mm-hmm. Okay yeah.
1: have fun. <laughs> I mean great. at the end of the day remember You may bruise a patient if they did all of this stuff, alcohol, ibuprofen, blah, 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 oh, well. Yeah. they. You just tell them, if I bump into a blood vessel, you may get a little bigger bruise. Does that going to stop you from doing it? No. I mean, this doesn't make any sense in my mind. If you set the expectation correctly, you set the expectation, right? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense Why you're like, oh, you did that? Oh, no. Okay. You, you, there's no reason to freak out. You just tell them, oh, well, yeah, maybe if you if we bump into the little blood vessel, you may bleed a little bit more. OK, yeah. that's about it. That's it. There's nothing to freak out about. So pretty much neurotoxins is very, very easy. I mean, my post-care is just don't massage the area or manipulate the area for about two to three just hours. Just leave it alone. That's it. Just do your Just normal stuff leave and leave it alone. it alone. Don't do anything for the next three hours, like a massage or anything yeah. like that, or a facial right afterwards, um, and, and you should be good.
0: Um, Teresa was, has a comment about a dermatologist told her that sh- you're resistant to Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, which is the same molecule, um, because the patient intermittently fasts that these don't work no, on No, you've Has mm, nothing to do you have with n- intermittent fasting.
1: <laughs> no. You have formed neutralizing Neutralizing antibodies antibodies, and unfortunately in your case, don't touch your neurotoxins for at least five years. I would probably say, I mean, I I say at least one or two, I have like seven or eight patients and I've tried on two or three of them after like two, two years, three years. And the toxin still didn't work.
0: Keep in mind neuromodulators are like getting a vaccine. Every time you get, Botox, Dysport, whatever, botulinum toxin type A, it is like getting a vaccine. Your body's gonna mount an antibody response to it. Mm -hmm. So the more frequently you get this neuromodulator and, and or the higher the dose you get, the more apt you are to build neutralizing antibodies to it. So because of new research that's out that shows that we can build up neutralizing antibodies at any time, but it is more likely to build up if we inject more frequently than every three months or inject high dosages. I now will separate my neuromodulator dosages at least three months apart. I will not do it like glabella this month, frontalis next month and crows next month so they can afford it. It's not going to happen because what I don't want to do is like give them a vaccine every month and then the body is like, oh, I keep getting insulted with this, I'm going to mount a big antibody response, and that's the neutralizing antibodies. Yep. And what I tell my patients is, you know what, I want to be very careful. I, w- I don't want this to build up in you. It could happen. I just don't want to be the, I don't want to trigger this in you. So we are going to have your your neuromodulators three months from themselves. And because if this happens, nothing will work on you. It doesn't have to do with the brand. It has to do with the, the protein itself. Um, or like sometimes I mean, you say accessory I proteins I but will, I, will, I mean
1: there's, there's nothing will work no there's brand will arguments. work yes once you are that way then yes so to me ultimately you 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 know the zeomin has been out there and it says it's a naked protein there is a theory that the accessory proteins is more of the antigenic uh, component of the um, of the response for the neutralizing antibody so ultimately you put out the neutralizing antibody it goes hey, 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 it pokes at it It's like having the good kids and the bad kids play together and the bad kids are the ones that create the in the in the incident and unfortunately because all the kids are together they all get wiped out <laughs> they all get in trouble. And so the core protein is thought to be not as um antigenic in its character thereby and that's what zeomin is is saying is that thereby the, uh there's less potential of neutralizing antibodies um with regards to zeomin but know, what's what,
0: what's interesting about that theory and, and i it's still left we don't exactly know but when you mix your neuromodulators with normal saline.
1: Well, no, because you're injecting the accessory protein with it.
0: Right. So we don't. But what was interesting is like if somebody's had, say, uh, Botox and you've got a 900 kilodalton molecule mm-hmm. that you're injecting and 150 kilodaltons is the actual protein, the botox yep. protein. So you, you give that to them and they develop neutralizing antibodies. Yep. So you go to try Zealman. Or uh, or daxify, which are naked proteins, they're 150 kilodaltons, and that's not going to work either. Yep. So if it's if because it's an antibody happens, to the accessory protein, no, because
1: what happens is the good people, the good people are the neural, the core neurotoxins. The bad people are the accessories. The bad people create the incident. Everybody gets involved because it's all injected at the same time. But the so
0: accessory proteins are different for each product.
1: But it doesn't not matter specific. because it really it, it spikes the actual process because now it's yeah. not that because that product caused the neutralizing antibodies did not only form against the accessory but also the core protein that could be and could thereby be. every core protein gets knocked out that's the reason why it's interesting
0: well if the antibodies are, are being built against two different things at one time
1: well yeah because they're all presented at the same time could be time it's I mean, all being presented it'll be
0: interested to see
1: it's the, i mean that yeah. that makes sense it's yeah. a running it's the running theory it's not the yeah. fact that they're different It's the core protein is the same of them all but when you throw out the neutralizing uh, the neutralizing antibodies are thrown out because of the fact that the accessory proteins instigated the the body to respond when the body responds it doesn't just ex- uh, affect the accessory protein it affects all the proteins. so
0: what i would like to know and I'm sure somebody knows this is if there's if there's ever been a patient who's only had a bare protein mm-hmm. and if they've ever developed a, uh, neutralizing you antibodies. A, you would have to ask
1: MERS. Right. I don't think they have one yet. That would be interesting. If, be if you interesting. know someone's so only So that would had... be something where, you know, if you're talking about um, your patient. I mean, you know, this is where you go into your younger patients who are doing right? a lot of lip flips. I know a lot of you guys are probably doing lip flips. Mm-hmm. And they're coming every four to six weeks, it may be more advisable to consider just using zeomin on those type of patients and seeing if they ever develop it. Because that's the whole thing is if they're using other toxins early on, by the time maybe they reach 30, 40 years old and they need it for all of the areas, have you primed the body to mount a response that now they, when they really need to use it, yeah. they don't use it. And it's not going to happen to everybody, but it does happen. Um,
0: Um, Christina was asking about research on resistance. Yeah, there's a lot of recent research out there on antibody resistance and neutralizing antibodies on neuromodulators. So feel free to look those up and show those to your boss. Yes. Patricia and I can't remember her last name. I was with her at Beauty Through Science last year. She's from Germany and she's done a lot of research on it. And she kind of states that you need to wait a year before trying it again. And you've read it waited two um, yeah. or three and years and it hasn't worked. That, like, two, three but years those antibodies have seasonally. to wane. They have to forget about the insult and then they'll work again. So Patricia, and I'm trying to remember her last started with G, I think. Um, and how uh, likely you
1: respond to myoblock block in case of ankle? block actually myoblock, is yeah. very different because remember, it's a type B mm-hmm. and not a type A, so it works on a completely different receptor. So, yes, mile block will work. It's just mild block is so short acting, they have to constantly get it done, and yeah. it's hard to and get painful, right. And it's supposed to be myoblock. painful. Uh-huh. block is much more painful in that yeah. aspect of it. Um, five
0: days, no alcohol, just because it's a blood thinner. A blood That's thing. all. Yeah, it leaves your system. You're not drunk anymore, but it doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't thin your it blood. Doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean <laughs> that it already hasn't affected your body from producing less It's like aspirin. Aspirin works yes. for the life of the platelet. Yes. It's irreversible it's for life. the life of the platelet. So it's like five days or anyway, so, however long a platelet lives. Anyway, day. all right. So we're going to go to... So treat oh, p- product recommendations. I mentioned something about... Um, bruising that elastin has this product called enhance and we uh, give this to all of our patients that are getting say lip injectables and such in a little container we just put a little bit in a container and give it to them and they put it on as like a lip gloss and their bruise any bruising goes away so quickly with this so it's one of those things that will help actually kind of carry the red blood cells away rather than just stop inflammation like arnica does the other thing is i give them pineapple tea i give them wigan like three or four tea bags it's pineapple tea and it's got bromelain in it and it works amazing so yeah. that's a new one i didn't tell you about that no. you don't have to tell pineapple you personally tea? i figured that out uh-huh oh, that yeah good. Cool. amazing yeah
1: all right h.a fillers myths versus facts sleeping on your side after injections will migrate your filler hmm
0: it might flatten it if it a little bit i tell people try to try not to only because it might flatten it or shape it differently you
1: guys are sleeping on hopefully what we consider soft pillows (laughs) and you're not sitting there and like like rubbing your face on there i mean to really move and flatten the filler i mean i have to give it a little firm Mm -hmm. push so uh, yeah i don't believe that but i mean there will always be people there's always a potential in, in a sense. I, I won't give that it's completely out in left field, but it doesn't necessarily make sense if you are sleeping even on your face. It's not like the pillow is a hard rock and you're moving so much that you're like grinding it down and flattening it out. Yeah. So, um, I've I haven't had
0: anybody come and complain and I know everybody's not sleeping on their back. <laughs> I,
1: <know. laughs> I mean, 20 years injecting. Yeah. Probably close. I problem. probably did check inject- Injected, I've not had anybody come 50, back go. Oh, this side's 000.
0: flat. I <laughs> not have not had anybody say that, and I know people sleep on yes, their side, no. so maybe not as big um, of a deal. You
1: have to sleep sitting up after injections. No, you don't. Eh, you no. know, if you feel as though you over, overly inflame the face because you traumatize the face, then maybe like threads. A, a I have a pillow, this, yeah, just to drain them or give them a little water pill to drain them or put them on a the little. Um, sometimes, you know, my patients were complaining about like a radius, the swelling. I give them like a 40 milligrams of prednisone and knocks that out very, very quickly. And they don't actually hold on to the swelling very much. So you can definitely do that. Making Um, facial
0: expressions. No, (laughs) it's not (laughs) Not going to ruin your fillers. I mean,
1: especially with the newer, newer fillers that are like wrestling has the expression technology. They're supposed to be stretchy anyway. You know? Um, so, you're, you're not going <laughs> to ruin your fillers with regards to that. Um, Maureen says now that mineral modules are being used, not cosmetic, but therapeutic yeah. person, we need to be good stewards. For sure. And that's right. one of the big things that we don't understand right. um, is cosmetic. We think everyone's using cosmetic, but I mean, literally the therapeutic aspects of it too are huge. I mean, the, the doses are the huge. The dosage are a lot huger. And when we, we know in the research, when you're using larger dosage, that is where you have the higher potentials of seeing these neutralizing antibodies. Right. I mean, and we're doing it for migraines. You need it for migraines for those that really, really depend on it. I mean, um, and then, you know, traps are amazing mm-hmm. to to uh, to shrink those down. You know, people use it for low back pain. They use it for a lot of different guess things. what
0: I had come in to me last week. What a patient with cervical dystonia. Really?
1: really? That's what
0: Dysport was kind of made. It's dystonia in a port of Sweden or whatever. So it's like that's how Dysport was made was cervical dystonia. And I'm like, whoa, this is perfect. That's cool. (laughs) This is perfect. (laughs) That's really cool. That's exactly why it was was named. (laughs) Which is one of those weird things I wanted to tell you.
1: All right. Alcohol treatments, aspirins, ibuprofen. Same thing, HA fillers, really it's about... The potential of the bruise yeah. talking to patients i always tell my patients especially lips you're going to bruise n- nothing to it um but um you know the caffeine all of that that i don't think that makes any difference i think post treatment is pretty much the same as your neurotoxins um the arnica the bromelain is more important um the enhance is a great thing that does help on the aspect of it um and you know I think that's probably about it as far as yeah. post-treatment. You know, I think setting up the expectation on HA fillers that you're gonna swell for the first two to three days. Um, I really emphasize this, especially with lips and other fillers. You're gonna swell for the first two to three days. It's gonna look a little odd. Then you're gonna get used to it and you're gonna kind of say either you love it or you're like, ooh, maybe it's a little too much. If you love it the first week, then I guarantee in the second or third week, you're gonna come back and say that your filler's gone. And I'm going to tell you it's because you need more because you didn't put enough in the first time. And that's okay. We can add into it and keep adding to it. If they hate it or they think it's too much the first week, by the second or third week, they're going to love it. So I really do emphasize that. It's part of the expectation. And I think it's huge part of your post-treatment is setting the expectation correctly right. on that. Right. Okay. Um, We're going to go to PowerPoint. All right.
0: All right, so we talked about um, the benefits enhance. of Enhance, which yep. is really, really nice. We really like that a lot. Microneedling, what are some of the myths and facts with microneedling? Now, microneedling causes permanent holes in your skin. There's one time when this can happen, and that's when you're dead. <laughs> right? It's true. Seriously?
1: It's, I mean, that the whole goal <laughs> of microneedling <laughs> is collagen induction therapy. <laughs> You are causing, essentially what lasers are doing, you are causing a controlled amount of damage to force the body to do something to it. Um, The results are permanent. Nothing in life is permanent. Only, what is the 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 joke is taxes Taxes and death. death. There you go. There's only two permanent things. And in our field of aesthetic medicine, you don't want anything that is permanent. I mean even in surgery nothing is permanent. I hear that all day long from my patients like why why doesn't, doesn't that last for a long long time? I'm like because if it did you wouldn't like the way it looked when you aged 10 years in the other areas that you did not treat. Yeah. I mean this is the problem people don't think about it. They think they only age in that one area. Well, they're going to they're aging in the whole face and this is the reason why. We go back to understanding that we need to treat every single level Mm -hmm. every single Mm -hmm. level the face is aging the bone the fat the muscle the fat and the skin and so you just don't want to do anything that's permanent and so nothing in life is permanent because we keep changing even bone is not bone resorbs and grows it's an active tissue as well okay uh, microneedling isn't safe around eyes or lips. That's false. You have collagen around that area. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's really That's a great well. area that, to, to do it. You know, yeah. the big the big things with microneedling to me is what are you trying to accomplish with microneedling? I think people overdo microneedling. They get way too deep. You don't need to they do- They want blood. 2.5. You want blood. That yeah. is actually bad. You don't need You're that. You're overdoing it, guys. Everything you guys are doing is like getting all bloody and bloody and bloody. Why are you doing that? That is not the purpose of microneedling. Only in the cases like acne scars where you need to get deep enough to create trauma for those acne scars. Do you need to do that? The rest of you guys, if you're just doing microneedling for overall skin quality and rejuvenation, you should not have barely any pinpoint bleeding. Yeah. But that's for another time.
0: Uh, yeah, another topic. All right. All right. Pre Preach. and post care for microneedling. Avoid sun exposure. Yep, tanning bits. That's good. I like that. Avoid irritating products. products. I agree. You know, don't do anything crazy on your skin yep. and um, before you're gonna be putting a bunch of holes in it. Yep. No waxing or depilatory creams for one to two weeks. Yep. Yep. Anything yep. that creates irritating. Don't do anything that irritates skin. it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the cold sores or fever blisters is really important for patients to let us know about. Because if we're doing microneedling or lip injections and they have perioral HSV, then that could definitely wake up a sleeping beast. And we'll throw these people on acyclovir or valcyclovir um, the day before so that it can kind of decrease the occurrence and severity and duration of the um, cold sore or fever blister.
1: Um, Heather says she, she had that happen to her. She has a perfect circle of needles that is identical to the microneedling pen was done five years ago. Now, I will definitely Mm. say there are pens that are not as great out there and can drag and create more scar tissue and tearing into the skin than other ones that actually go in and out, in and out, and really are much more gentle on it. I mean, this is why I'm not a big fan of those rolling ones as yeah. much, especially the deeper ones. The light, superficial ones, completely, those are fine. But the deeper ones, I mean, if you imagine it goes deep in the skin and as it's rolling out, it's literally tearing the skin mm-hmm. up. You have to realize it's about controlling what you're doing with your treatment. This goes into understanding the why. So if you've got a perfect circle that looks like needles that is identical to the microneeding pen, then you have to wonder. What type of microneeling pen did they do? What did they yeah. really, really do? Because How long did they leave it there? Yep. You know? If they really just left it there, then, yeah, you can potentially create scar tissue um, into the area.
0: That's really uncommon, though. That's I'm sorry that happened. I've that's... seen
1: scrapes. Like, I've seen really excoriations. A lot of excoriations yeah. from that. And that's really just bad microneeling pen as far as and and bad microneedling yeah. in in general I agree. you should not be moving it like this yeah it should be moving in a nice consistent slow
0: manner. nice and slow
1: um expect erythema redness swelling for sure mm-hmm. you can definitely add other things exosomes all of those things that help decrease inflammation or in repair hydration is important growth factors um stimulating skin for rehabilitation avoiding makeup for sure gentle products yes um all the other irritating things you probably want to wait about a week even up to two weeks before you want the skin to repair remember it takes at least two to three weeks for the body to start really forming that collagen that lays into the area for that repair aspect of it so really take care of uh, microneedling as if it were a Say a trauma like Mm -hmm. a scab how would Mm -hmm. you take care of a scab it's going to be tiny little things i feel as when i get when i get done it feels like sandpaper for the next couple of days Um, once it heals off i do do a light scrub because my skin needs that scrub to scrub it off otherwise i'll develop acne Um, but ultimately you know you can just um, hydrate 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 um, and really get your skin uh, with some nice things into it.
0: So, why do we say avoid applying makeup for 24 hours or anything else? It takes about 18 to 24 hours for the small little holes to seal up. Yep. So, try to have them not a- to avoid something just for that 24 hour period. And then, once the little holes seal up, um, like kind of like doing toxins yep. or fillers, then they can do whatever they want. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right uh product recommendations microneedling, all of this stuff is there okay the, so let me
0: i don't know if you, you have this i don't know if you have this in your packages or not no. but when i do microneedling or anything that's a collagen induction package the one that you see on the left the the elastin nectar is something that is in all of my packages they don't have a choice to get it or not they get it this product will help to clear out the extracellular matrix with all the old all the old fibrins and all the old collagen muckalucks that are, that are kind of jamming up the, the system. It helps clear that out, that, may, that out and it helps new fibroblasts grow with new collagen. So if I can clear out the old stuff, two weeks before I get them started on microneedling or whatever I'm gonna do, either RF or regular microneedling, then I get them started on this nectar and this is gonna help enhance them building that collagen. So I like it; kind of clears out the drain, and then it allows me to build more collagen. So if anything, this product helps my the outcome of my radiofrequency microneedling and my regular microneedling quite a bit. Now you have them use it for uh, CO2s also, okay. yeah. And then the TriHex helps build collagen. So yeah. anyway, that's excellent. But the nectar is what I use for pr- for procedures.
1: All right. Lasers, Lasers appeal. Lasers thin your skin. I hear this
0: all the time. I know. They <sighs> do if you're dead. a lot of this stuff a lot of these myths are when you're dead and well (laughs) i think
1: the lasers that thin your skin goes back to the pre wee days when they did a fully ablative fully ablative lasers and they literally just wiped out the skin and those are the patients who you see have that line of demarcation they look like that glassy fake skin you probably don't see very much of them because majority of those patients are probably in the grave now Yeah, a of majority 80s. of people do not do any ablative treatments anymore majority are going to be fractional type of treatments mm-hmm. that are out there in yeah. that sense um sun
0: after a laser no yeah nope, nope. any damaged skin can have um, a better a, a more intense reaction to uv light and have post inflammatory hyperpigmentation yeah. pigmentation remember, your, even a light skin can do
1: it remember your skin is being damaged mm-hmm. Your body doesn't know what is damaged. So what it's doing is it's sending everything, all the signaling factors to get every part of the skin repaired. And that's part of that. Now you add some UV onto that, that body's gonna go, oh, there's even more damage here. It's gonna send more of those cells to the area to start to repair the area. And that's how you get your hyperpigmentation and all that stuff. It's part of the body's repair system. Yes, it's an adverse thing. So that's the reason why you want to mitigate it and protect the skin in that sense. Um, darker skin tones can't get laser treatments or peels. That's false. Yeah, They can totally do that. You just need to understand, going back to laser physics, what lasers work on melanin, what lasers work on hemoglobin, what lasers work on CO2, the chromophores of the skin. If you don't understand what I just talked about, you need to go and learn about laser physics because that is the base of all lasers. If you don't understand that, please go get educated about lasers. If you are already doing lasers and you did not understand what a chromophore is and all that stuff, um, we have a a nice webinar um, that goes over that, but really delve into lasers, please, on the aspect of it. Okay? um pre-treatments of course skin brighteners to mitigate i
0: do that all the time
1: yeah for my patients yep. put
0: them on a, a totally. pigment inhibitor Avoid before sun
1: exposure mm-hmm. before and after there's pre kits post kits yep. that, that should be sold sometimes prescribing medications for more ex, more aggressive treatments mm-hmm. like uh, aciclovir um i put them on a uh, steroid sometimes when i'm yep. getting aggressive so I. um uh, on those aspects of it. Post-treatment depends on how aggressive you do. Expect some swelling, discomfort, certain things. Definitely tell them do not peel, do not rub, do not scrub the area until it is really right. is ready. Otherwise you're gonna expose brand new skin before it's ready to be exposed and then you're gonna create more of scar tissues and having a lot more yeah. issues with regards to that. Um, daily sunscreens, all of those things to be really important make sure that you are hydrating all of those things
0: hats are par- imperative
1: yeah okay yeah so that's lasers <laughs> and of course oh this is the, the one tri-hats. on the far
0: right which is the aluminate by that is a pigment inhibitor yes that has transamic acid in it, in it and there was a head-to-head study with this and four percent hydroquinone that was done over 12 weeks in the summer and this had better pigment inhibition. Yeah, this one's a great. And one. this is even safe for pregnant and breastfeeding, so it's safe for long-term use. So I have a lot of my patients on this every day and night. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Lasers uh, and pills Are PDO threads PDO visible threads. under the skin? Even if, only if they're not done well.
1: Yes, PDO threads. <laughs> if they're not done well. Mm-mm.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Good one, nice.
0: guys. Yep. And oh. and they don't PDO threads don't require extensive downtime. It, it, they're swollen for a week or so and they're tender, but
1: they're tender for yeah. about two weeks. I got them done. You got them done. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 tender, but they're not horrible. Um, they're a great way of repositioning. It is not going to get you a facelift. It is going to get you a nice. You, know, you say perk. We're perk. addressing one tissue plane, the subcutaneous fat is not even addressing skin so you guys that are talking to your patients say oh it's going to lift your skin please do not do that you're going to get the wrong the wrong impression to patients pdo threads reposition fat Mm -hmm. unless you're doing smooth threads then you're working on skin quality collagen stimulation all those things but that goes into really understanding pdo threads that's a whole (laughs) slew of education that you guys need to get if you want to jump into pdo threads it is a higher learning curve than even fillers and toxins but i don't know
0: about you but it's my favorite thing to do it is amazing it's my the favorite treatment to do are so fun amazing with regards to it so yeah that's that and PDO it's not for threats. faces only that's a myth yes we put them in elbows knees necks and we we put PDO through butts <laughs> <laughs> you can so we we can put we can put them anywhere uh smooth threads are but bo- collagen building barbed threads are more for lifting and approximating which is nice
1: yeah Pre-treatment: taking oral antihistamine, starting maybe a little um, steroids, discontinue mm-hmm. uh, things that, of course, minimizing bruising and bleeding. But honestly, I don't get very much bruising or bleeding very much. Yeah. It's more of just swelling afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, post-treatment, really a little bit of icing. I actually tell patients to, I give my patients some prednisone. I don't give them antibiotics, uh, pain relievers, Advil, um, you know, ibuprofen. Maybe, yeah. 800 milligrams i tell them every six hours don't even let go every six hours for the first week just to decrease inflammation and and help out with regards to that and then they just want to minimize the amount of activity and movement if you're bouncing up and down opening your mouth really big yeah you're going to loosen up the threads and you know the the when they leave my practice i tell them this is the tightest it's going to be it's like buying a brand new tight pair of skinny jeans and then after you live in it it's going to stretch out form fit to you and be nice and um form-fitting <laughs> just not as tight as the original
0: yeah um, all right and ask them to not put anything on their face but soap and water for the first 48 hours because yes. it takes longer for a cannula hole to close up than a needle hole yes. so i asked them to not do it for a couple days yes we have time for like one. Are we?
1: I know we have time for we? like one question. Sorry guys, There's we have lot time for one question. Do. Uh, um, go down guys. Other
0: questions down there. Let me see.
1: Um, I wish I could answer all of your questions, but you know that's why we have our mentorship program. If you want, that's why we we throw it out there so that you guys can get a lot of different help with regards to that. Um,
0: can you do microneedling and Pico Sure a Pico laser together? Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do that all yeah. the time. I do my Hollywood peel, my, my, um, was it Q switch, uh, laser, which is very yeah. similar to a, a Pico. And then I do my cleaning right afterwards. Yeah. I love it. Stacking the hack is the name of the game on that's why The webinar that we're going to do, um, is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. They're, they're pulling our plug guys. Okay. Um, March 5th at 5 PM. Um, what were we going to talk about? I forgot. What is the next webinar about? Oh,
0: I think it's um Oh,
1: mental health, mental health and mental aesthetics, you know. Yeah. So we we're we're going to talk about how, you know, that that really is a part of aesthetics mm-hmm. and what we are how we how we affect our patients um both and what positively to assess, and negatively. What to assess
0: for? You know, some yeah. of the red flags, some of the things we want to assess for and um, how we can how we can really connect with them and help our patients and and How some of the medical aesthetic procedures that we do really help with mental health.
1: All right. Have a great month, guys. We will see you you out there. Next month. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining. Bye, guys.
0: Well, that was our AI Live podcast for today. Be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.